This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You may enjoy the features that you'll find on that site. Uh, They are all completely free. So once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And... Johnny Ray. And Mark is out until sometime next week. He has gone on his yearly vacation with the family to Florida, and so we will be uh, having fun without him. Anyway, Johnny Ray, always good to have you here. I know that uh, coming up tonight, you want to tell us about archaeological discoveries that you say are pretty interesting. So how we can make uh, archaeology interesting for radio, we'll see. I'm interested to find out how that pans out. Yeah, archaeology, top 10 archaeological discoveries as decided by archaeology.org. In other news, we've got uh, the report that I mentioned last night about the CIA Let's jump right into this one uh, and their harsh interrogations. Plus, I had a court win today, which winning in court is pretty rare. That's right. Congratulations. uh, Yeah, I'd like to talk about that as well, just kind of encourage folks to not take the plea deal and give you a real-life example of how it can work out. Uh, But first, since I mentioned this last night and we didn't get to it, the Washington Post, WashingtonPost.com, reporting after a contentious closed-door vote, the Senate Intelligence Committee has approved a long-awaited report concluding that harsh interrogation measures used by the CIA did not produce significant intelligence breakthroughs, according to officials. The 6,000-page document, which was not released to the public, was adopted by Democrats over the objections of most of the committee's Republicans. The outcome reflects the level of partisan friction that continues to surround the CIA's use of waterboarding and other severe interrogation techniques four years after they were banned. The report is the most detailed independent examination to date of the agency's efforts to break dozens of detainees through physical and psychological duress, a period of CIA history that has become a source of renewed controversy because of torture scenes like seen in a upcoming Hollywood film, Zero Dark Thirty. That's right. Yeah. I'm I'm not familiar with this film. Well, I just read an article by Glenn Greenwald about it in The Guardian, Mm -hmm. and his contention was that the film was a a hagiography, hagiography of the CIA. It was irresponsible filmmaking. It wasn't art. It was bad art, and it was bad history. Hmm. I haven't seen the preview. Maybe I should check it out. Officials familiar with the report said it makes a detailed case— that subjecting prisoners to enhanced interrogation techniques did not help the CIA find Osama bin Laden and often were counterproductive in the broader campaign against al-Qaeda. And we've discussed before on this show that when you torture somebody for information, you'll get information. Yeah, they'll tell you whatever they think they have to tell you to get you to stop. Right, and that information may be useless. And what's the point of it? And now you've got a 6,000-page document. In case you didn't believe that before, now you've got a 6,000-page document uh, as approved by the Senate Intelligence Committee. So it's the government's own work here right? that is saying, yeah, this stuff doesn't work. The committee chairman, uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein, declined to discuss specific findings but released a written statement describing decisions to allow the CIA to build a network of secret prisons and employ harsh interrogation measures as – Terrible mistakes, 
She said, I also believe this report will settle the debate once and for all over whether our nation should ever employ coercive interrogation techniques. I'm very surprised that uh, that the Senate came out with that decision. Personally, I think torture maybe could be useful. I'm not sure if that's the right choice of words. I think that someone might tell you something that they otherwise wouldn't want to tell you. They might tell you the truth about something because they think that you you know it already. And if you don't tell them the truth, then they're going to be tortured more. I think it's possible that you can use torture to get info, but that doesn't mean that you should be using torture. So you are kind of torn about this or you feel, how do you really feel? (laughs) I feel that I feel like torture is, is just not an option. It's, it's, it's morally reprehensible. Absolutely. It's it's inhumane. It's disgusting. And And apparently it doesn't work very well. Yeah. According to this, to this 6,000 page document. Now, I don't want this to sound like, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Democrats or anything like that. I think that they probably, you know, you've got uh, Barack Obama who's got the power as the president to order the assassination of American people worldwide. So, I don't know, is that really that much better? Okay, so you've got some Democrats here saying that, well, we would we shouldn't be torturing ever again. This was terrible. But at the same time, the president, their president, is ordering assassinations of human beings, so and, and American human beings, which some people believe Americans are better than the rest of the world. I don't think that, but some people think that. And just no one is untouchable when it comes to this guy if he wants to come after you. So I just want to make it clear: this isn't some sort of partisan thing. The I'm a, I'm a dogmatic sort of a libertarian and and w- what i think of when we talk about this is that the the means color the ends of what you do and when your 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 organization is based on violence and coercion then you're just going to have disgusting things that come out at the end and who should be surprised i mean ultimately that's what the government is it's an agency of coercive force they have a monopoly over a certain geographic area and they are a coercive agency so why is anyone surprised when they go this far the reason why they are recanting at this point is because they got caught you know they they got caught on these secret prisons they got caught on the extraordinary rendition and they don't want to be seen like that. The, the government, in this country at least, it's important for them to maintain illusions. They want to maintain an aura of legitimacy. Let's use those terms. I think it really describes it. Because what they do isn't legitimate. It's force. It's using violence against peaceful people. I was just sitting in a courtroom today with dozens of people and 90% of them had not harmed another human being. They're being aggressed against by the government people, by Republicans and Democrats. And so they use violence every single day in their activities, in their day-to-day activities, but they cover it up by having, like, this courtroom that you go to. It's not just some cop pulling you over and demanding money on the side of the road, some kind of obvious extortion. No, no, no. They've got all these processes that go around it. There's a ticket that is written up. 
There's a date at which you uh, come to court. There's uh, you know, circumstance and pomp surrounding this. There's decorum in the courtroom. There's respect that is demanded. And uh, all these kind of religious icon, uh, icons that are present. You've got the flag. You've got the man in the robe that is sitting higher up than everyone else in the courtroom. And all of this serves to distract from what's really going on. And that is that the people sitting in the pews more religious uh, evidence, the people that are sitting in the pews of this throne room are there to be extracted from. They're there to be found guilty. Most of them take the plea deal, and they're there to have hundreds of dollars taken from them, fed into this inhumane system, so they can then round more people up and bring them into court the next week and extract more money from them. They probably got $15,000 out of people today, just in one morning, wow. in one little court in a small town in New Hampshire. So what I bring that up to, to point out is the government has a real interest in making itself seem like it's a compassionate organization. You look at the uh, the reactions of the you know mayors and uh, governors after the, sh- the school shooting in Connecticut. Most of them get up in front of a, a bunch of news cameras and pretend like they really feel terribly for the the family maybe some of them actually do have feelings but uh that you know they they make it look like they're concerned and they care and they want you to think that they want you to think that you know we're the government we're here to keep you safe when in reality what they're doing is they're hurting peaceful people and of course internationally they're killing peaceful people we can talk more about the extraordinary rendition the report here saying harsh cia interrogations ineffective 855-450-FREE. But what do you think? You're certainly welcome to share your thoughts. 1-855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rots network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. Free Talk Live, you take control of the airwaves here, toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and SACL CAI, maybe you've heard of them? We talk about them a lot on Free Talk Live. They've been with us for a long time. A long time. Jason Osborne is the proprietor there, one of the proprietors there, and he's a huge supporter of freedom. He's a huge advocate of the ideas of liberty and has put his money where his mouth is and has been a long-time excellent uh, reliable sponsor of Free Talk Live, and thank you to Jason and Sakel CAI. And you can show your thanks if you're a business owner and you've got some accounts you're trying to collect on. Hey, I don't know about you, but I got into business to do the business I love, not call on clients and try to get them to pay money. Uh, Jason Osborne's business is collections, early out billing, and they purchase uh, charged-off receivables over at Sakel CAI. So if you need to try something new in the area of collections, you need to talk to SACL. Their banner is positioned right at the top of our banner column, and it has been there for as long as I can recall uh, over at freetalklive.com. Just click over there, check out SACL CAI. They will treat your customers with respect because they know that not only do you want to collect your money, 
you would like to keep your clients as well. Once again, SACL CAI banner is over at the top of our banner column at freetalklive.com. We're talking about the CIA and harsh interrogations. There's a 6,000-page document released uh, not to the public. It's internal, apparently. The Senate Intelligence Committee uh, reporting here, the Washington Post has the story, that They've concluded that harsh interrogation measures used by the CIA did not produce significant intelligence breakthroughs. And as you pointed out, Johnny Ray, it's also inhumane and about the bottom of the barrel, the lowest of the lows as far as, you know, then you have really reached the level of what you're opposing. If if what you oppose is inhumane treatment of other people and, you know, you position yourself in that way publicly, but then behind the scenes you're doing the same stuff that's really blatant hypocrisy and needs to stop yeah some of the reviewers who were supporters of the film commented that they were squirming a little bit during the actual interrogation scenes and they got very uncomfortable during those scenes this is the zero dark 30 film exactly Mm -hmm. and i and and i can only imagine how much worse it must be to actually be a part of of what's going on to be party to the real torture oh, happening. Gosh. You know, you got to be a monster to you, get into that business. Either that or you become a monster. Sure. Uh, by the way, the committee uh, has been disputed or their conclusions have been disputed by high ranking officials from the George W. Bush administration, including uh, Dick Cheney and former CIA director Michael Hayden. Both of them argued that the use of waterboarding, sleep deprivation, and other measures provided critical clues that helped track down bin Laden, the al-Qaeda leader who was killed in a U.S. raid in uh, May of 2011, if you believe that story. Largely because of those political battle lines, Republicans on the Senate Intelligence Committee refused to participate in the panel's three-year investigation of the CIA interrogation program and most opposed Thursday's decision. Senator Saxby Chambliss of Georgia, the committee's ranking Republican, said in a statement that the report contains a number of significant errors and omissions about the history and utility of the CIA's detention program. He also noted that the review was done without interviewing any of the people involved. The 6-9 to vote indicates that at least one Republican backed the report, although committee officials declined to provide a breakdown. Other GOP lawmakers voiced support for the report's conclusions, uh, including John McCain, who was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. He issued a statement saying that the committee's work shows that cruel treatment of prisoners is not only wrong in principle and a stain on our country's conscience, but also an ineffective and unreliable means of gathering intelligence. How uh, interesting that one of the few Republicans to come out in opposition, or rather, excuse me, in support of this particular report and in opposition to the torture, is someone who was likely experiencing uh, conditions like that. Sure, I never looked at it that way. I mean, so you're going to change your mind. Like, if all of a sudden, you know, if you're in favor of torture and then you get tortured, you change your mind. It was Man Cow, I think, is one of the radio talk show hosts. He actually stepped up to allow himself to be waterboarded at one point and that didn't last very long no, he, he thought lasted he could, three or four seconds didn't he i think that's maybe that's maybe pushing it as far as length is concerned yeah and you know he thought he was going to be all badass and be able to handle uh being waterboarded because oh it's just a little bit of weight pour a little water on someone's mouth right it's well, a big deal well apparently it was a pretty big deal and he immediately changed his position about it but you shouldn't have to go through torture to understand that torture is a bad idea. 
Your thoughts are certainly welcome at 855-450-FREE. Now, it could be months, if not years, before the public even gets a partial glimpse of this report or its 20 findings and conclusions. The uh, committee chairman said that they will turn the voluminous document over to the Obama administration and the CIA to provide a chance for them to comment. When that's completed, the committee will need to vote on whether to release even a portion of the report, a move likely to face opposition from the CIA, which has fought to keep details of their interrogation program classified. Even if it were released, the report would probably have little impact beyond providing new ammunition for a largely dormant interrogation debate. The agency abandoned its harshest interrogation methods years before President Obama was elected, or so they claim. And the Justice Department began backing away from memos that it had issued that it had served as the or that had served as the legal basis for the program. So, yeah, the CIA has claimed to no longer be engaging in this behavior. But remember, the prisons were secret. We only found out about them because somehow somehow the information accidentally came out. I don't remember how that happened. WikiLeaks? They were called secret. Could be. They were called secret prisons for a reason because no one knew about them. So who's to say that the CIA isn't still engaging in this sort of activity behind the scenes, whether or not the administration knows about it? After the after the tragedy of 9-11, the entire world reached out to the U.S. with sympathy and love, and the United States government decided to use the tragedy of 9-11 to, as an excuse to kill tens, hundreds of thousands of, of, of people on the other side of the world— and and now the name of the U.S. has just been has been trashed. Where the mm. the U.S. is 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 a murderous empire. I hope that people worldwide can separate the two. They can separate the U.S. from the people. I hope that people can do that. I know some people can't. They just collectivize and they will consider. Well, everybody in the U.S. must be bad uh, because they allow their government to do these things. And I think that uh, I hope that people realize that there are a lot of people here who don't support this kind of behavior and who are absolutely appalled by it. Let's go to Steve. He's listening in North Dakota. Oh, yeah. One more important point here. The Justice Department earlier this year closed investigations of the alleged abuses, eliminating the prospect that the CIA operatives who'd gone beyond the approved methods would face any criminal charges. So everyone who is involved in torturing people, they're all safe from any kind of consequence. Naturally. Go ahead, Steve. You're on Free Talk Live. Howdy. Well, uh, before I get to my point, for dinner I had um, some food that I ordered by uh, from by Emergency Food. Dot com. Oh, how was I it? I believe the name of the company is Legacy. Oh, it was wonderful. It was very good. Excellent. Well, I know you were calling about another reason, so uh, you want to talk to us about the military? Well, you said something the other night, Ian, that wasn't exactly right. It wasn't the entire truth, um, and I, I can explain. Excellent. What well, stand by. Was... We'll get uh, get your correction here in moments and your thoughts. 855-450-FREE. Wouldn't be the first time I've been wrong on the air. 855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves here if you would like at 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, a court win for once. Uh, it's nice to see that happen. And I put I should put quotes around the word win. We can explain more about that here in a little bit. Uh, 855-450-FREE plus archaeology discoveries that Johnny Ray finds pretty interesting. Uh, we'll share those with you as well. 855-450-3733. We're going to get back into your phone calls here in a moment. I want to welcome our brand newest affiliate and the listeners thereof. I'm talking about Fox News 1450 AM and 93.1 FM KZNU in St. George, Utah. Utah. Yeah, welcome aboard to all the listeners there in St. George who will be getting Free Talk Live every single day. One of the few and the proud, uh, one of the few stations that actually carries all three hours a day of Free Talk Live, because it's still kind of daytime over there in in Utah, Uh, all three hours every single day, including Saturday and Sunday. So you guys are hearing the show for the first time tonight, as I understand it. In fact, uh, they're going to be airing our show all week long, and that means we'll be live all day, you know, all three hours every single day. That's unusual in the radio business. That's one thing that's different about Free Talk Live is that we're actually here every day for you, uh, and you can call in about anything that you want. But another thing that's unusual about Free Talk Live is that uh, it's a perspective that's a little bit different. You know, we're not a Democrat show and we're not a Republican show. It's a show that focuses on liberty. At least that's the perspective of the people that host the program. It's always open phones, so you can always call in and share with us your perspective and how you feel, what you think about things. So. Yeah, I, I've, I've grown up kind of looking at things really in black and white and – I take the I, I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh. Oh yeah, and yep, uh, me too. Yeah, and, and and he would sort of stop short. He would say, "Well, you got to have a little bit of welfare." And I just wanted mm. to say, "Why? Why do you have to have a little bit of welfare?" I, I I can understand. I can give charitably myself. I can do that. I don't need somebody taking my money forcibly and then right. and then doing the charity for me. Yeah, I, I cut a check recently to the local homeless shelter here in town. And right. I actually just signed up for a, a, a monthly contribution. So I felt them. like I was taking Rush's good ideas, the, the good ideas that he had to their logical conclusion. And re, re, uh, rejecting the bad ideas. Right? Precisely. You've got plenty of bad ideas, too. Uh, so you can dial in here, 855-453. If you're a brand new listener, feel free to test us out. See what it's like. You can actually call in. The phone screening process is fairly simple here. Uh, it's you know we're gonna, not going to ask you about you know details. We just want to know basically what you want to talk about. You get on the air. You can talk about anything. Like Steve is going to here in North Dakota. What were you calling about, Steve? Go ahead with your thoughts. Okay. Well, a few days ago, I think it was Friday or Thursday, you said that if you say anything bad about the military, people hate you for it, and that's that that is true. But it's not quite the whole truth, and I, let me tell you why. Because uh, I called a talk radio program a few years ago. You know, once in a while, the draft will be talked about in the news. Yeah. Uh, you know, every couple of years, somebody will bring it up, and they'll talk about bringing back the draft. Well, this was one of those times. It was a couple of years ago. It was in Florida. And these, um, as I call them, these blabbermouth uh, AM radio uh, conservative talk show hosts were talking about the draft and uh, whether we should bring it back and asking their listeners for their view. And, um, of course, they definitely leaned towards bringing back the draft. Virtually all of their callers did, and I thought I'd call in and get my perspective Please do. Uh, on it. 
as a military man, which by a former military man, which by the way I didn't even get to mention that part uh, because I got hung up on within about 15 seconds. I, Where I were you calling it. again? I missed that point. Local show or it, it, it was in Florida. It was a local show. I can't remember. It was one of the Tampa uh, conservative talkers. Okay, down there in the Tampa St. Pete area, maybe WFLA. And, uh, I think I think it actually was FLA. Yeah. Okay. And and um, I said, you know, during the uh, hearings back in the seventies when they were ending the draft, and there was a big to do about that, and there was arguments going back and forth, and I believe Milton Friedman testified, and a few other kind of big names testified. One of the things that one of the people against the draft brought out is a, a Department of War. It was the you know before it was the Department of Defense, it was the Department of War. A Department of War study in which they indicated that only one out of 11 soldiers who were drafted fired their gun intentionally and uh, fired their gun and intentionally fired at the enemy, which to me is a startling statistic. I don't ask me how they gathered it. I have no idea. So basically, if you want so, if you want soldiers that are actually going to do more than just be a meat bag sitting around and eating your you know your rations then you yep. probably shouldn't have a draft. Right. And and the, the 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 basically the gist of it was they either didn't fire or they intentionally missed. Huh. And 1 out of 11 is much uh I I wouldn't have guessed that, that it would have been that many that, that intentionally missed or didn't fire their weapons. But anyway, that was the what the Department of War came up with. As I said, I don't know how they ascertained that. Well, I got that much out. They hung up on me. And I immediately turned the volume of the radio back up. They said, well, and there goes Steve. He's a gone guy. We're not going to have anybody disrespecting the troops like that. Oh, my. And then the next caller that called in said that uh, it was it's because of the troops that guys like, that idiots like this guy Steve can have their stupid sure. opinion. Classic. And so what you said, Ian, was not quite exactly the truth. What you said part of the truth, the rest of the truth is that even if they perceive that you're disrespecting the military, you can be hated. Right, even though what you are actually presenting was a statistic that is not anti-military necessarily. I mean, that statistic just simply says that if you're going to have a military, it should be a voluntary force, meaning that you know people have chosen to join it as opposed to have been forced against their will to join it, and that if you want to have an effective military force, that that's the way to structure it. Yep. Got it. Thanks for sharing that story tonight. And you said you are, by the way, uh, enjoying some of the food from buyemergencyfoods.com. What uh, what meal are you? Uh, did you prepare for yourself tonight? I had the um, Alfredo uh, pasta. I'm and jealous. It was really I, I wonderful. Don't, I don't have it here right now. Mark has totally hoarded it all. Like he got sent some of it, and he's been hoarding it. And now he's out of town, so it's probably going to be at least a week <laughs> before I'll get to try any yeah. more of it. So I'm glad that you've. Uh, I'm glad you've given us a report. And by the way, yeah, uh, very good. Thank you for the call tonight, Steve. I appreciate hearing uh, your story. And by the way, we are talking about uh, buyemergencyfoods.com. It's freeze-dried, storable food, and it's a brand that is high quality, 100% certified, GMO-free, zero MSG, no artificial flavors. They're the only brand that puts an oxygen absorber in every nitrogen-flushed Mylar pouch. And you can go and check out the useful and informative charts that will show you that buyemergencyfoods.com has the best deal in the industry. The best prices. Right. Not only do they have... Because normally you can't get good and cheap 
you know, t- together. You, you, you can't get those two things together. But in this case, you actually do. You get the food affordably. You get quality food. And it actually turns out that it's cheaper than the competitors. You get more for your money. But go and see it for yourself and compare around buyemergencyfoods.com. Don't forget the S on the end there. Buyemergencyfoods.com. And they've got the oxygen absorbers in every Mylar-wrapped package. So it's a great product. I've had uh, some of it, and I've enjoyed it thus far. I'm looking forward to sampling more of uh, the product as soon as Mark uh, gets it over to me. So 855-450-FREE. He's also, I think, hoarding uh, some stateless sweets as well. (laughs) 1-855-450-3733. You can uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. And so let's continue here. We were talking before about the CIA renditions and the torture that goes on and how horrifying it is that people are involved in this uh of course you know the same sort of folks that would hang up on steve for having a position about the draft would also likely support torture these are people that don't have military experience that have not worked in these areas and they don't understand what it is that they're getting into i don't have military experience but johnny ray you do yep yeah i do i was in the marine corps for four years active duty you didn't have to work side by side with draftees at that time, though. Can you imagine that? Sure, I can imagine it, and I and it's not a pretty pretty idea, no doubt. More coming up, though. We can take your calls, your thoughts about whatever's on your mind. Eight five five four fifty free plus courtroom win. We'll tell you about that coming up. It's free talk live. You take control. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you would like at 855-450-FREE. Just take control here, and that's why we call the show Free Talk Live, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. News updates, we got them for you. Go to news.freetalklive.com. News about the show, that is. We'll give you the latest information about Free Talk Live. When you need to know about it, you'll be the first to know if you're on our email list and also Twitter and Facebook. We will distribute the information that way as well. In addition, on Twitter and Facebook, you'll sometimes get updates uh, during the show, information, you know, maybe a link to uh, some of the news that, uh, that we're discussing here. In fact, I'll post shortly this link to the CIA uh, inf- the information about the CIA extraordinary renditions and torture process turns out that that uh, well, wasn't very effective at all in gathering or garnering in- uh, useful information for the the government. So I'll post you know we post things like that during the show. Maybe sometimes questions and observations. You can go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up for any one of those: email, Twitter, Facebook. That's news.freetalklive.com. It is Twitter Tuesday, by the way, and that means that if you tweet something at Free Talk Live, meaning put the at symbol and then the words Free Talk Live all run together as one uh, in your tweet, we will see it. It'll pop up on our Twitter monitor here from Hootsuite, and then we will follow your Twitter account in return for you doing that for us. So uh, Twitter Tuesday, uh, from now until basically I go to sleep tonight, uh, you'll be able to take advantage of that opportunity. If you miss it this week, 
we'll do it again next week. So just tweet something at Free Talk Live. We'll see it and follow you back. Uh, with you in the studio, by the way, it is Ian here. And Johnny Ray. We were talking about uh, working with draftees, uh, talking about CIA renditions. You were in the, the Marine Corps for how many years? Four years active duty, four years inactive. And you didn't have to work with draftees. And, you know, were the people that you were working with, I mean, would you consider them to be, you know, of a higher caliber than somebody that would have been forced into the in, in the military? I would say yes, only based on logic. Mm-hmm. However, comma, there were, I remember, I know there were recruits with me at boot camp who were there as part of uh, some kind of plea deal in a court. Really? Yes. Yes. Some uh, A judge had said, okay, I'm going to sentence you to this. Yeah. However... If you go down to the to the recruiter, you join the Marine Corps, then then we'll 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 get wow. rid of it. Wow, I didn't realize they were still doing that. Yeah, that 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 happened from from what I heard. Interesting. And would you say that those people were a little bit less inclined to be Marine like? Well, I would say so, but again, just based on my own logic of of the situation. Yeah. Can't give you any specific examples. Your experiences are certainly welcome if you'd like to add to that conversation at 855-450-FREE. But people, you know, they don't want to talk about these things. They don't want to believe that the the government is doing horrible, terrible things to human beings uh, around the world. And that's what the CIA was doing. They claim they're not doing it anymore. I don't think I believe them. I don't know about you. But just because the CIA says something doesn't mean that it's true. But either way, you know, it leads back to the larger discussion about what government is and why people shouldn't be surprised when they hear about the government doing these terrible things to what arguably could be innocent people. I mean, oh, if you t- most certainly most certainly are innocent people. You, you mean the victims of the torture, right? Yeah, and yeah. and, and, and probably the I'm going to I'm going to say the majority of the cases these are innocent people being tortured the, the people at Gitmo. Mhm. A lot of those guys have been released. Uh-huh. And, of course, there are still people there. But it's it's not something I want to be associated with. It's not something that I want to pay for, so I won't. I, uh, you know, I don't pay mm-hmm. to the, uh, the federal government. I'm not interested in being in any way connected to that. It's bad enough to be paying property taxes to the local criminal organization known as the, uh, the city of Keene, where you know, I think there are a lot of nice people working for the city who believe they're doing the right thing, and I'm sure the people who are doing the torturing also believe that they're doing the right thing. They probably don't feel like they're evil. They probably feel like they're trying to help their country, or that they're just following orders, or that they're just doing their jobs, and they, you know, it's for the good of the, the nation. They probably have all manner of stories that they tell themselves about this. But if you're working for the state, you may be a nice person. You may be friendly. You may be a good family person. You may be good to your neighbors, like your physical neighbors in your neighborhood. But for your job, you're not doing the right thing. Exactly. Just like uh, when you talk about the police. You know, Mark gets on your case about the police a lot. He says, I hate the cops. Totally not true. I love the police, just like any other human being. And when I think about it, as I'm driving down the road, I, I have this discussion with myself often I try to think about the best way to explain my feelings about the police to people because I think that they are trying to take care of their family or they're trying to take care of themselves, which is only only as it should be. Sure. But insofar as they are police officers, I think they're dishonorable men and women. 
because they're hurting peaceful people. If and the they're police paid with stolen money, that too. If the police were just out there doing the right thing, meaning going after individuals who are victimizing others, then I wouldn't have as much of a problem. Right. I, but- I mean, I wouldn't even really object that much to having the money stolen from me. I still would object to that, but if I knew that the money were actually going to stop real criminals, I wouldn't be as concerned about it. I mean, I might be concerned about where they're spending the money in one area versus another, and I still wouldn't like the idea that it was being taken from me at the threat of violence. All of that's true, but it would be less objectionable to me. Yeah, and and to all the listeners who think Ian and and I are a a couple of communists, I would suggest you go down... (laughs) to the courthouse one day and watch the 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 factory like setting yeah and and see how many how many people who are getting the money sucked out of them and see how many of them have actual have committed crimes where there are real Real identifiable victims. victims right somebody who's a complaining party who does not call themselves the state of new hampshire or the state of fill in the blank wherever it is that you live and I think that is a really instructive thing for people to do, Johnny Ray. And that's what I was doing this morning. Uh, I was in court in a courtroom that I've never been to before, Hillsborough Court in Hillsborough County. It's a district court. So there's Hillsborough County is actually the biggest county in New Hampshire. It's the county in which uh, Nashua and Manchester are located. And there's approximately 400,000 people that live there. Uh, we live in Cheshire County. By comparison, maybe seventy five to 100,000 people uh, live here. And Hillsborough, the town, is not Hillsborough. Man, is not Manchester. This right. is you know, this is a town. This is a district court. So we're not even talking about cases from Manchester or Nashua or any of the big cities. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna find this is the case across the board. Whether you're in a big city courtroom or whether you're in a small town courtroom, people are going to be there. Dozens of people who have not harmed another human being. The majority of the cases this morning, the super majority of the cases this morning that I heard before they called me, which they called me towards the end, I wasn't exactly last. There were still a few people in the courtroom, uh, which was kind of a surprise to me. I was surprised that they didn't make me wait till the very, very, very end. Uh, but it was mostly the, the very end. And, you know, the two dozen cases that went first before me, most of them were alcohol, cannabis, or driving related. And when I say driving related, I don't mean DUI. I don't mean driving dangerously. I just mean driving while license suspended, driving, driving with no speed reg- limit, with no registration. And there wasn't even a speeding ticket this uh, this morning. Huh. It was no registration, suspension of uh, of license, things like that. Their papers are out of order. That's all it is. These people were not accused of driving dangerously. They were just driving without the approval of the state, which, to the state's mind, is the worst crime. Uh, you know, being disobedient to what the state tells you to do, in this case in the driving regulations, you will go to jail for longer, at least here in New Hampshire. I don't know what it's like where you live, but here in New Hampshire, the live free or die state, you'll go to jail for driving without a government permission slip for a long time. They'll put you in jail for months and months, even a year. I was in jail once with a dude that was there for a year for driving while suspended. In comparison, there were guys in that same jail who were there for DUI for three days and 21 days, respectively. I met two DUI cases while I was in there, three days and 21 days. Oh, you can get caught up in a, in a cycle, a downward spiral, where you're trying to 
make money to pay the state for whatever for whatever whatever fines they're charging you with and you've got to go to work, to work. and you're driving to work even illegally though, even though it's not you don't have the blessings of the state to do so yep. and, and they, they catch you. you and then you're in jail and, and you're in even deeper into debt to them yeah and well, what do you, how are you going to take care of your family how are you going to This guy had a family he had uh, two daughters he had uh, you know a, a loved you know lady friend that uh, I think I don't know if it was his wife but uh, and he was driving to work at the time that he was arrested they put him right into jail years sentence habitual offender as it's called which basically means you've been caught driving to work a few times right <laughs> 855-450-free it's sick it's sick and it goes on every day this isn't unusual what I experienced this morning, you can experience it tomorrow morning. Go to your local dis- district court. That's how, it's been. That's how it's been every time I've been there. Yeah, If you don't have the time to stay and watch the proceedings, look at the docket. Go run down the docket and see what the, the alleged uh, crimes are. 855-450-FREE. We'll tell you more coming up. Free Talk Live, our Tuesday. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, Buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE as we launch into the second hour of the program with you in studio. It's Ian. And Johnny Ray. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. You actually get to control the content of the site and influence, perhaps, the things we talk about on the air. Now, what you do, or what you can do, rather, is submit different content to freetalklive.com. Everything that you see as you visit the front page of the website was put there by listeners like you, meaning that there's some sort of uh, you know link that you see online that you think is interesting, maybe a YouTube video or a news article, perhaps you know maybe it's a blog post, whatever you like. You submit it as show prep at freetalklive.com, and then it uh, will appear on the upcoming stories page. At that point, it must receive a certain number of votes in order to be promoted to the front page and the top of the website, meaning that we're more likely to see it and talk about it on the air. So go to freetalklive.com and get interactive there. That's just one of the many features on the website. It's all totally free. Again, freetalklive.com. In the last hour, I touched on the idea of the aura of legitimacy. And this is one of the most important things for governments to maintain. It's, it's one of the reasons why they put out this report, the 6,000-page report, uh, which actually is not available publicly, but they're talking about it in Congress, and that you know, says that the CIA interrogations were ineffective, that the harsh interrogations methods did not result in useful information. They're putting this out there, and they're distancing themselves from that torture because they want to look like the good guys. And they perceived after the fact, after you know enough people were shocked and appalled that the U.S. government would engage in such behavior, they want people to you know think that they're not the bad guys, and so they're they're repudiating that sort of behavior, and they are the bad guys, even if they don't torture, they're still doing 
wrong things, the wrong thing to human beings, to their fellow man, like I saw in court this morning. I was at Hillsborough District Court in New Hampshire uh, with a couple of uh, Liberty Activist friends who thankfully uh, showed up to support me because it's really bad going to court alone. Uh, It's always nice to have support in that area, and that's something that you can have when you're here in New Hampshire if you love freedom. Uh, and you've you know not hurt anybody, obviously. And I was there for a speeding ticket, but it was the usual district court experience, just like it would be as we were talking in the last hour for anybody, any of you. If you haven't done this, you know, and and you are of the mindset as many Americans are that, well, if you're in court, you must have done something wrong. Kind of a similar mindset to those who believe that, well, if you're in a jail cell, you must be there for a good reason. You must be a criminal. Well, you might be surprised to find out that even the warden of the jail here in Cheshire County, New Hampshire, would tell you, if you asked him, he would tell you that at least 40%, and that's probably being pretty conservative with the numbers, at least 40% of his inmates at any given point in time should be released because they're not a threat to anyone. They have not harmed anyone. He knows that. He's dealing with these guys every single day. You've spoken to Mr. Van Wickler, is that is that right? Yeah, Rick Van Wickler is his name. He's a member of law enforcement against prohibition as exactly. well. Exactly, yeah. You've spoken to him on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. I even, even had a nice chat with him while I was in his facility. Yeah. <laughs> he came by the cell block one day, and he and I had a chit-chat, and the rest of the inmates were amazed that I was talking to uh, the warden like that. But yeah, we get along, I mean, because he actually is somebody who has compassion for the human beings that he's tasked with caging. It's it's a pretty rare trait, I think, for uh, for jail superintendents, but he's got it. And it's one of the reasons why Cheshire County is kind of a special place to live and uh, and do activism. But that's another story. So I was in court this uh, this morning and all morning long because this particular judge... This judge made most judges who tend to be late to court, who tend to, you know, it tends to take a long time if you're in court. You, you pretty much, if you're going to court, you should block off the entire day. And then if you get any extra time, like if you get out before noon, you should feel lucky. Uh, in, this, in this case, uh, the judge, there were people that were told to arrive. I looked at the docket. I like to, whenever I go into court, I like to look at the docket, just kind of get an idea of, of who's in there and what they're there for. Where do you go to the clerk's window? Clerk's window. Yep, just ask for the docket. And uh, a bunch of cases were scheduled for 8.15 in the morning. Now, anyone that's ever been to court, in New Hampshire at least, knows that no court starts at 8.15. But they tell people to get there at that time so they're not late for court. But the judge is always late. And in this case, the judge didn't start his court until about 9.45. It's supposed to start at around 9 It's supposed to start about 9 o'clock. Oh my! And almost every judge is is a few minutes late or several minutes late. This judge was almost an hour late getting into the courtroom. So my hearing was scheduled at 9 a.m. and mine was actually not going to be a trial. The reason I was in court today was because I'd filed a motion to dismiss in my case, which is just a standard run-of-the-mill speeding ticket case. Uh, I'd filed a motion to dismiss for lack of a speedy trial. I got this speeding ticket in November of 2011. So it's been over a year now since the speeding ticket was issued to me, and this case has yet to go to trial. None of the delays were my fault, by you the way. You didn't ask for any continuances? No, at or? no point. At no point. If you ask for a continuance, you can't claim a right to a speedy trial at that point. So I've done this speedy trial thing before. I've, I've filed motions to dismiss for a lack of a speedy trial in most cases because most of them they take their sweet time with. 
And there's a provision in New Hampshire law that says that or it's I don't think it's the law, but it's court rules. The court rules say that if you've waited more than six months uh, as a misdemeanor charge and nine months as a uh, felony charge, then you have a right to a hearing. And actually, this is just a speeding ticket. So neither of those time frames were uh, applicable here. So he didn't have to give me a hearing on this at all, according to the court rules. But I filed this motion. They decided to have a hearing. And I figured this was one of those let's you know, let's screw with with Ian kind of things. Let's let's screw with you uh, things because they know I don't live in town. They know I live elsewhere, and they probably knew I was in. They probably knew I was an activist. So they, I suspected they were having me come to court just to have me come to court because I know that these motions to dismiss for speedy trials get denied. I've never had one approved, even though I've pointed out, hey, it's been a year. And you guys are the ones that are at fault for the de- the delay. What would you consider speedy, Johnny Ray? I mean, when it comes to a speedy trial, what what would you consider speedy? Sixty days. That's yeah, that's pretty quick. Certainly, a year. I don't think most people would consider speedy. Not most people. No, the state does, and so I've been in different hearings, and I've had my you know right to speedy trial just summarily denied. One of the reasons in the past was well. You don't get a speedy trial because you didn't assert your right early on. So if you want to have a speedy trial, what they'll say is for reason what, like, if you, at the point at which they schedule your trial, decide, whoa, that's six months later, nine months later, that's not speedy, and then you file a motion, they'll say that, well, you didn't, you didn't say right out the gate that you wanted a speedy trial, so motion denied. Now, in this, in this case, I didn't do that. I didn't put in like a motion for a speedy trial right out the gate. I you know don't always think about you know that sort of thing, and uh, so I fully expected to be denied on this. Seems like you try motion. a little something different maybe every time. Yeah, I mean I'm certainly not consistent in my uh, my legal strategy because nothing really tends to work. It's just <laughs> uh, you know throw stuff up against a wall and and see what happens and record as many of the hearings as possible. I, I did have my video camera with me today, as did uh, Daryl Perry from FPP.cc. And, you know, record as much of it as you possibly can and show the rest of the world. I'm not so interested in – I don't really care as much whether I win or not. I'm just in this for the activism experience and to be able to show people what this is really like. And I can't get on the air and tell people, hey, you shouldn't take the plea deal and then go and take a plea deal. So I didn't take the plea. This was a speeding ticket. Most people take a plea. Sure. When you get a speeding ticket – and you turn it over, and there's those options on the back, typically, or maybe they're on the front, depending on what state you're in and what how it's it's set up. But usually there's some check boxes, and it says, you must do one of the following. Either, you know, send this ticket in with the payment made out to a state of fill-in-the-blank, or you can, uh, you know, schedule a hearing or go to trial or whatever. And most people don't want to go to trial. Most people don't want to do what I did today, which was basically kill my entire day. Uh, going to this hearing. This wasn't even the trial. But there's more to say because I actually won this one. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. Tell your story. Bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. 
Under the mistletoe this year, there's only one thing you should be slipping into your lover's mouth. Stateless sweets, delicious, handmade, all-natural candy. The holidays are going to be full of empty calories this year, so make your calories count with the very best handcrafted confections. Chocolate-covered pistachio brittle, salted honey caramels, English toffee, and the best fudge you've ever tasted. You need this for your holiday parties. Go to statelesssweets.com and use coupon code FTL to save 10%. Statelesssweets.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Johnny Ray. And don't forget, over at freetalklive.com, we've got a bunch of features. They include the listening options. Live streams are there. You can tune us in via broadband, midband, or narrowband versions of the show, meaning different size bit rates for different internet connection speeds. You can just drop on into listen.freetalklive.com to find those. In addition, you'll get a list of our over 100 radio stations that carry the show throughout uh, various different times throughout the week from coast to coast. You'll get a list of those there on both AM and FM. Uh, Plus, we've got satellite options, including XM Satellite Radio, where we're heard every single night of the week on a couple different channels, actually, on XM. And in addition to that, we're up on Free to Air, which is KU Band in North America uh, via Galaxy 19. If you know how to get that, you can find us there as well. And details are, of course, over at listen.freetalklive.com. Webcam, you got that as an option. Plus, listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Plenty of ways to get Free Talk Live into your ears. Just go to listen.freetalklive.com. And if you'd like to help Free Talk Live out a little bit, Something you can do is throw some Bitcoins in the tip jar. Go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. You'll find the Free Talk Live Bitcoin tip jar address there. And if you have Bitcoins, you can just send them over to us. If you don't have Bitcoins, we'll tell you in a little bit how you can get some. But first, you need to know what they are. They are an online, peer-to-peer, open-source, alternative currency made by and for the Internet. They are incredible. And Johnny Ray, you've gotten into them recently, uh, made a bit of a habit out of picking them up on a weekly basis after getting your paychecks. And uh, what is exciting to you about the Bitcoin? The dollar is not long for the U.S. dollar is not long for this world, I Mm. think. Silver is a silver and gold seem like great alternatives to the dollar, but Bitcoins seem like the way of the future for me. They seem like they're more useful than 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 metals because they're almost infinitely divisible. I can send them to a friend in Vietnam for free. Mm-hmm. I'm in control. That's why. No middleman. There's no um, bank standing in between you and your customers or you and your friends, whoever it is you want to send money to online. Bitcoins can even be used anonymously. So if you haven't taken the time to learn more about Bitcoins, go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. There's some useful links there to websites that will help educate you on what the Bitcoin is and how it works. It's something you really should take the time to look into. If you've got internets, you should have bitcoins too uh head on over to bitcoin.freetalklive.com and learn more we're talking about courts and that's because that's where i spent all day today i can't tell you what the news of the world is today i haven't really looked uh because i've been busy with court and i didn't want to spend all day in court but the court wanted me to spend all day there and well when the court wants something from you you pretty much have to do it 
uh, or else. Yeah, you got to do something or they're going to do it for you. Or else they hurt you and put you in a cage, perhaps. So I guess let me tell you the story from the beginning briefly. Was pulled over for a speeding violation back in November of 2011. Was on the way back from Concord. Was uh, in the car with a carload of activists. Jason Talley was there from Talley.tv. I think uh, James Schlesinger, who was on this show for a, a period of time. Allie, I believe, was with us as well who will be appearing on Friday nights. She's back on the air with Free Talk Live, by the way, which is great news. Anyway, we had a car full of activists, and that usually means a little bit of trouble for uh, for the aggressors. They don't know necessarily that they're pulling over a car full of activists, so this uh, trooper was not necessarily aware of what she was getting into. People that know their rights, people that are not afraid to assert their rights. One of the things that she uh, wanted from me, obviously, was license and registration, which you know I complied with. That's one of the things you have to do as uh, as a driver in order to not get kidnapped uh, by the officer. But the people in your car don't have to provide that information. Now, this isn't legal advice. I'm not a lawyer. But as I understand it, there's no obligation whatsoever for you to carry any identifying papers with you in the United States if you are a passenger in a car. This is America, Jack. Right. So when she asked for everyone's ID in the car, I interceded immediately there and said, no, you won't be getting that. (laughs) And I hope that was her first clue that she was dealing with a car full of activists at that point. Uh, She attempted to uh, ask me questions about where I lived and, you know, prod about the address on my driver's license. I refused to answer her questions. And that was tricky for me. It was really my first. I don't get pulled over very often. Uh, Of course, I don't do that much driving these days. But even down in Florida, I didn't get pulled over more than once. And so I haven't had many interactions with the police in that circumstance. I've had countless interactions with the police on foot at various different events in the streets. But uh, in cars, not so much. So one of the things that I did wrong in an initial stop, an unrelated stop that had happened to me previously, was I talked too much. I answered, you know, too many questions. And uh, this time I didn't. This time I provided my license and registration and pretty much kept my mouth shut. She kept asking me questions to kind of throw me off and try to get me to answer some of her questions. And basically I just focused on doing what I was doing, like – I was trying to get my registration out of the glove box at that time, and I was saying something. I haven't reviewed the footage. I, I just pulled it up recently, so that'll be posted at some point at freekeen.com. But as to, to what I recall, um, you know, I was basically looking for the registration. She was peppering me with questions at this time, hoping I would, you know, while distracted, answer some of her questions. And I said, well, right now I'm getting you the registration you asked for. I did say something to her, but it was in no way responsive to her. It was just kind of... Let her know, hey, hold on now. Let's just do one thing at a time here. I'll get you the registration. And I ended up not answering her questions about where I lived and the you know intrusive, prying questions. Right. Where are you coming from? Where right. are you going? Those questions. And so you don't have to. You're under no obligation to give officers that information. The only obligation you have is license and registration and, I guess, in some states, insurance, uh, proof, of, uh, proof of insurance. So she got all the information she needed. She went back, wrote me out a a ticket for speeding. I don't even remember how fast uh, the allegations were. And she gave it back to me. And I I don't know. Maybe I told her I'd see her in court or something something like that. Uh Uh-huh. And so I had responded to it with with a peace ticket, which is something that uh, we came up with here in – in New Hampshire, the Shire Society members at ShireSociety.com 
there, there's this peace ticket that we kind of collaborated on where if the state's aggressors write you a ticket, you can write them one back. So the peace ticket has several different uh, items that you can check off on it, like you know what what it is that the state agents have done to you. I've never heard of this. I love it. You can uh, actually check it out over at the Shire Society Forum at forum.shiresociety.com. But it says, uh, your agent, Kay Hurley, uh, has aggressed against me, a member of the Shire Society, as evidenced by your complaint, and then I put the complaint number in there, uh, issued on this date. Uh, further detail may be on the back of this peace ticket. It's possible your agent incorrectly presumed that I was a part of your state society. Your own society's New Hampshire Constitution, Part 1, Article 1, claims correctly that your society requires the consent of all of its members, as do all societies. Consider this notice that the Shire Society that this Shire Society member does not consent to your society and its statutes, acts, and ordinances. Members of the Shire Society are at harmony with natural law and will not aggress against others. As you are not alleging an act of aggression against another human or their property, we have no business. Shire Society members are forgiving, peaceful people, and we offer you these options. Please check your choice and return the address. Return to the address below within 30 days of receipt. And then I give them two choices. One is to drop the uh, complaint, and two is to continue their aggression against me, in which case I let them know exactly what to expect if they do that. There's more coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Share your thoughts. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com, us being Ian and Johnny Ray. At least we're the ones here tonight. Of course, there are different uh, personalities throughout the week on this program, but the format stays the same. We'll take your calls about whatever happens to be on your mind. I'm talking about my experience in court today and I kind of started at the beginning from uh, the speeding ticket that I was issued over a year ago. This thing still had yet to go to trial as of today, and today wasn't even a trial. We'll get to uh, what actually transpired here uh, in a in a bit, but just to you know continue giving you background, uh, we'll do that here in a moment. But want to let you know I mentioned about how to get bitcoins a moment ago. We would tell you how to do that, Johnny Ray. You and I have both used BitInstant.com, right? This is the easiest way I've found to turn cash into bitcoins. And you can do it at something like a million locations worldwide. So odds are good if you live in the United States or something like 30 other countries, you'll have locations to which you can go in your town that will accept cash and then you will have bitcoins in your bitcoin account within moments. It's that simple. I use the MoneyGram option. It costs approximately four percent of of what you're you're spending with. So you Is, buy isn't it four percent? And there's like a, a little fee on top. I don't from ZipZap. I don't think I don't. Wait a minute. I think ZipZap hits hits you with like a four dollar fee on top of that or something. There is there is a fee, and I don't know what it is. But I find it reasonable. I mean, it you know to be able to go down to CVS or Walmart at nine o'clock at night. And be able to turn cash into bitcoins 
for me, that's convenience and that's worth paying for. But if you want to go a, le- a lesser uh, fee route, they have those as well, like Dwala. You, I think it's only like a 2% fee or something like that through Dwala. Huh. So there's different ways for you to turn uh, money into Bitcoins over at bitinstant.com. Check them out. I think you'll like what they uh, what service they offer there, bitinstant.com. Yeah, bit, Bitcoins have been steadily appreciating against the dollar for the past month, month and a half. The past day, they've gone they've dropped maybe 50 cents i think per bit still above 13 though yes yeah yeah it's 13 like bucks 13 13 20 13 25 something like that it's the most valuable currency in the world right so you owe it to yourself to check it out bitinstant.com will let you get some so i was given a, uh, a speeding ticket by a state trooper as i was heading back from doing some activism in concord well over a year ago back in november of 2011 i immediately sent to the uh the bureaucracy i think it yeah, the financial responsibility section of the New Hampshire Department of Safety. This was the, you know, they, they give you the envelope. You know, whenever you get a ticket, usually they actually give you the ticket as a part of an envelope. At least that's how they do it up here. That way you could just easily tear off the ticket, cut a check, and send it in. Oh, it's they, so convenient. Right. They want to make it easy for you. So instead, I used their envelope to send in my own ticket uh, back to them, the Shire Society Peace Ticket, which basically says, I don't consent to your society. And I didn't hurt anybody, so I'm not going to participate. And I give them options because normally on their ticket, they give you boxes to check. Oh, I'm going to plead not guilty or whatever. You check some box and send it in. Uh, so I gave I put some boxes on the uh, the peace ticket as well. And by the way, I did uh, I did hoot the location of the peace ticket. Uh, so if you are on Twitter and Facebook, you're following us on Twitter and Facebook, you can link quickly over to the peace ticket there. And see it for yourself. Make up your own. There's one that we made up for like national, but the, we've got one for New Hampshire and one for national, so you can take the national one and do whatever you want with it. But I give them two choices. I say, one choice number one, we agree to drop our original complaint and the matter will be settled. Option number two, continue to aggress against me, a peaceful human being. Choosing this option means your agency may have to expend extra funds to force me to one of your trials in prison cells, as I will not be consenting pleading or paying any of your fines if you insist on taking this matter to trial so be it additionally expect your your aggressions will be video and audio recorded and publicized in various ways resulting in more people joining the shire society may you find peace my signature my address and the date issued i love it i i look at that as a just a fantastic way to be the change you want to see in the world if thanks everybody- some people would call it crazy so I appreciate you saying that. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's why I do it. I do it because I feel like if everybody contested all these stupid tickets, yep, they 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 would have to change the way they do business. Absolutely. You're not even everybody's required, Johnny Ray. If ten percent, I think if ten percent of people who were issued speeding tickets, parking tickets, cannabis violations, you know, you name it, whatever fill in the blank victimless crime we're talking about here. If 10% of them would challenge it, I, I feel like that would overload the court system to the point where they'd have to change things. I don't think it requires everybody. Yeah. Think yeah, about it. Yeah. I mean, this court system is loaded to the gills right now. They are – they're already in New Hampshire. There was a period of time where they actually had to shut down the courts once a month for like a day or two and, and furlough their employees because they couldn't 
they didn't have the budget. They couldn't afford to do all of the court stuff that they're supposed to be doing with all the cases they had, with a huge caseload. Sure, sure. I'm on board 10%. Yeah, I, I mean, if it's 10%, it's going to be a huge burden to them because then they've got to go through all the trial process and discovery process. They're used to just taking plea deals all day. How many people who get a speeding ticket go through this, who actually take it to trial, who are willing to go to trial? I don't. I bet just not even one percent. I'd be curious to know though, like to actually run those numbers and find out. Yeah, all the tickets, nothing more than a than a source of revenue for, for them. It's 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 just a, a stream of paper, right? And and money coming in. I didn't ask for this. And got nothing to do with justice. You're supposed to be protecting me. You're supposed to be protecting my freedom. I mean, if you look at state constitutions. They all say things like government was instituted to protect your life, liberty. And, you know, they've got all this flowery language at the beginning that makes it sound like they are there for your benefit. Well, this doesn't benefit me. Right. Art of legitimacy. So there's a little bit more about the peace ticket, though. It's never worked, by the way. They've never actually checked one of the options on the peace ticket. But the intention is to let them know, to kind of put them on notice, like that last paragraph that I read you. Hey, I'm going to take this to trial. I'm not going to pay your fines. I just want to let them know up front. You know, uh-huh. to give them something to chew on. Give them something to think about. Maybe they will actually end up if you know if a bunch of people started sending peace tickets in. What would they do about that? You know, but they ignored the peace ticket. They then sent notice back to an old address of mine, which was the address that was on the driver's license at the time. It just hadn't gotten updated uh, yet, and they sent it to an old address. Even though in my correspondence I had told them, "Hey, look, this is my address." Send all correspondence to this address. It says that on on the correspondence I sent them. They sent it to the wrong address, so I never got the notice of the the hearing or whatever it was that they were doing. They were going to suspend my uh, license because I didn't like respond. I guess what the, they considered me non-responsive to their ticket. So even though I had sent my peace ticket to them and that was my response because they say you have to respond within 30 days to uh-huh. the ticket, whether you're going to pay it or plead not guilty – and they sent the notice of my non-response or whatever to an address that I can't get mail at anymore and basically suspended my driving privileges in New Hampshire as a result of that. I find this out uh, later on. Actually, it was the day that uh, Derek J. got uh, thrown off his bicycle by one of the cops here in Keene. It was that very same day a different cop had approached me. The, the same cop that had served Derek earlier with, with paperwork had told me on foot, hey, man, there's a, there is a, uh, a suspension on your, on your license or on your, your driving privileges. So the cop did me the favor. Uh, it was uh, Peliquin here in town. And so I, I, you know, one of the better cops, in my opinion. Um, we get along pretty well. Anyway, so he kind of gave me that heads up. And I had no idea. I hadn't gotten a single notice from them saying anything was suspended. So I called up the DMV and I said, what happened here? How come I didn't get this notice? Oh, well, we sent it to old address. And I said, well, why'd you do that? I gave you specifically on the notice I sent you my new address. And the lady was like, well, sorry, nothing we can do about that. You're just going to have to pay the $150 reinstatement fee. Uh-huh. So they'd be, they were fine with reinstating my uh, privileges to drive so long as I'd pay them $150. And I said, uh, can I talk to your manager? And believe it or not, the manager comes on the line and she actually listened. 
which was weird, like to have an interaction. Like it's weird to have those interactions with bureaucrats. Where it's they, unexpected. Where they actually treat you like a human being. I'll tell you more about it coming up. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control. Bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. We are talking about the legal system, which is a much better term than justice system, because it's not about justice. 855-450-FREE. Certainly, you're welcome to share with us your thoughts. Coming up, a question from a listener on Facebook, actually, about jury nullification, uh, which is certainly related to the discussion that we're having. Although, you don't have to talk about things that are related to what we're talking about. 855-450-FREE. And tonight, it is Ian with you. And Johnny Ray. Uh, so join us on the phones. Join us online. In fact, if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can get your holiday shopping done and get it done with benefits going to the show. You get the stuff you're looking for at the prices you also are used to from, say, Amazon. But Free Talk Live benefits if you go to shop.freetalklive.com. All you have to do is just start your shopping there. Shop.freetalklive.com. You'll then be presented with different options for Amazon. There's Amazon US, Amazon Canada, Amazon UK. Click into the right one for you, and then just order whatever it is you're looking for. I actually just got a, uh, a new game, Johnny Ray, on Amazon the other night. I'm, a, I'm kind of a Transformers fan. You know, I grew up in that uh, that time frame. Sure. In the, ni- in the 1980s, as sure, I imagine you, got, you did. You got, a, you got a poster up there, don't you? I have a uh, yeah, Transformers, uh, the movie poster. That's not the live-action Transformers, uh, the movie. That's the Transformers from the 1980s Transformers. Starring Orson Welles. Yes. Uh, his final film, actually. Did you know that? Yes, I did. And uh, it's I love, I love that movie personally. But uh, they brought back G1, I guess, the Generation 1 Transformers in video game form within the last couple of years on playstation 3 so i went and i ordered a used copy of uh i think it's war for cybertron got it for under 20 bucks on amazon because amazon sells used stuff and you can go and do that too and we'll get a cut of the used stuff as well uh so go to shop.freetalklive.com get your shopping taken care of whether you're buying for you or for somebody that you love uh, free talk live will benefit and you'll get the same great amazon deals you're used to again shop.freetalklive.com so uh, we were talking about the speeding ticket that I'd received. I sent a peace ticket in response. If you want to see the peace ticket, go to our Twitter or Facebook. There's a link to it there. I'll give you some idea. But basically, it's a ticket from the Shire Society trying to make peace with these people from the aggressive state society. Let's call them that for lack of a better term. Um, and to kind of put them on notice, you know, to give them the opportunity to make the situation right. Hey, you've aggressed against me. I didn't hurt anybody else. You, the police officer, have aggressed against me. I didn't hurt anybody else. So here's your chance to do the right thing and drop the charges. Well, they didn't do that. Instead, what they did was they pretended as though the peace ticket wasn't actually a response, even though it says you can go ahead and schedule a trial if you'd like. They pretended it wasn't a response, sent me a notice to my mailbox that I used to have, but I no longer did. Uh, that said that, uh, you know, we're going to suspend your license if you don't, or suspend your privileges to operate if you don't respond to this ticket. 
you know, it's been 30 days, etc., which I didn't get because I don't couldn't get mail there anymore. I had given them the correct address. They just chose not to use it. And so when I called up, I actually escalated the call to management at the DMV. What I was trying to do was say, hey, look, you guys screwed this up. I didn't screw this up. The first thing I did when I got this ticket, right as soon as I got the ticket, as I sent this this peace ticket in as my response, which had my current address and a specific instruction for them to send me mail to my current address. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. And I explained this to this lady, and I actually got her to understand it and agree that it was their mistake and that I didn't have to pay the $150 reinstatement fee. The bureaucrat I talked to first was like, nope, nope, can't do anything about this. You're going to have to pay the $150 uh, privileges reinstatement fee. And this other lady actually, I said, look, I'll fax it over to you again. You can take a look at the the ticket that I sent you. Clearly, it shows my address there. You guys blew this one. And so she agreed to not charge me the fee. They reinstated my driving privileges, and uh, they then sent this off to prosecution to go to trial. When did this phone conversation take place? Probably in uh, March of this year. Okay. Because it took like a month for them to send the thing, and then it took me another several weeks to figure out that my license had been suspended and... Finally, it got reversed, so I was able to drive again legally at that point, and uh, you know it was going to go to prosecution. So prosecution sends me notice of a of a hearing date uh, for a pretrial hearing. I sent in a motion to respond to that because I know that pretrial hearings are basically a waste of your time. If you're like me and you're going to not take a plea deal, you don't want to go to a pretrial hearing because typically that's all they do is they just offer you a plea deal at the pretrial hearing. And so I put in a motion to skip past the pretrial hearing, which was I think it was actually – ended up being granted, and I told them, just go ahead and schedule a trial. That'd be fine. So they scheduled a trial, but it took them months to send me notice of this, the scheduled trial. Again, I never asked for a delay. It took them months, like half a year, for them to finally send me notice of this trial. And so, of course, I responded to them. Then the trial that was scheduled was for January of 2013. All of this for a speeding ticket I received in November of 2011. So, nor, uh, of course, the first thing I did after uh, I put in a motion for discovery, which is something everyone should do. If you're going to take something to trial, put in a, a motion or a notice or whatever for discovery and have the state send all their evidence to you. So that makes them do extra work and it gives you an idea of what they have against you, the facts that they – or the allegations that they have against you. So I got my discovery from them and I also put in a, a motion for a speedy trial. Uh, hearing because I allege that, hey, a year, that's too long. This is a speeding ticket. should be able to have a fast trial. A year, way too long. And, you know, I, so I, I outlined my points in uh, the motion for a speedy trial. And what I heard back from them was, well, we're going to have a hearing, which seemed to me just to be an excuse to get me to come from Keene and drive a half an hour to go to Hillsboro and then waste my time sitting in court so they could have this hearing about the speedy trial where inevitably my right to a speedy trial would be denied. Because every time I've ever put in a speedy trial notice or a a motion about that and had any kind of hearing whatsoever or response, it's always been a denial. But we never ended up getting to the speedy trial portion of the hearing. In fact, I never even crossed the bar. You know that little door that you swing open and you walk into court? Uh Uh-huh. You actually walk into the the area with the prosecution table and, and that stuff. I never actually even opened that door before the case got dismissed today. And the reason why was because the trooper didn't show up. Aha. Uh-huh. So I actually won, and we never even had the speedy trial hearing whatsoever because she failed to appear. Now, what happens, Johnny Ray, when you fail to appear at you, court? You have a sentence. You are sentenced in absentia. 
typically. But sometimes they'll put a warrant out for your arrest. Sure. Uh, they'll issue a bench warrant because you failed to appear. Well, in this case, the uh, trooper was not given a bench warrant, and I didn't really want that to happen to her anyway. I don't think people should be aggressed against. But she didn't show up, and she had all morning. I was sitting in that courtroom for three hours, three and a half hours, before they called my case. So she had plenty of time to get her butt into that courtroom for the hearing. And, in fact, the trooper that was in the the courtroom that day doing prosecutions on peaceful people, he assured me that she was on her way, that she was going to be coming in. And she never showed up. So the first thing I did when they called the case was I said, uh, motion to dismiss this case for failure to appear on the part of the complaining party. And I barely even had time to set my video camera up. I mean, I had it on the tripod before they called the case, but I was like putting the legs of the tripod down as I was telling the judge motion to dismiss. By the time I actually set the tripod down, the camera was recording the during that period of time, but certainly not going to be a very steady picture because I'm messing with the tripod. By the time I put the tripod down, the case had been dismissed. Uh-huh. So that's it. I won. Yeah. Congratulations. It, it just cost hours and hours of my time. Yeah. And that's what you... You you don't win. You don't no, win. No, you never win. And that's the most important point about this. I put win in quotes because, yeah, I didn't end up being found guilty. The charge was dismissed, so technically that's a win. But I would have rather have been calling radio stations this morning. I would have rather been doing anything else besides sitting in that courtroom, although someone could argue that this is my hobby and I love doing activism, so I guess I kind of did want to be in that courtroom. But ultimately, I'd prefer not to. I'd prefer they not be aggressing against peaceful people. I was only in court because that's the right thing for me to do. That's the thing I feel comfortable doing. I don't feel comfortable just paying a fine. I don't feel comfortable pleading guilty. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take it to trial. So this shows you, this is an example of don't take the plea deal and how it can end up working out. I love going into a courtroom and asking the judge something fundamental, something that kind of gets to the root of the matter. Like who do you work for? Or- exactly. <laughs> I asked uh, I asked the judge here in Keene whether or not whether whether or not he was a paid employee of the plaintiff. Which I, yep. I, I, I believe state he was, the, the state versus Jonathan Ray. He said that he wasn't, and that's as far as I got with that <laughs> line of questioning. Wait, so he wouldn't let you answer, ask another question about that? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't press. I see. It can be fun doing these things, asking questions like this, striking the root in the courtroom, because you can do it in a lot of cases in front of other people. Uh-huh. And when people see people doing things like this, it can be inspiring to them. You know, they see this stuff happening and they're like, whoa. First of all, we didn't stand for the judge, by the way, of course. That's one of the things that we're pretty consistent at. Uh, so for people to see people not stand when they're told to stand is kind of a shocker for them. And then you see them, like, refusing to take a plea. And there's more coming up here. 855-450-FREE. But I won in court today because I refused to take the plea deal and I took it all the way. More coming up. Hour three's next. Free Talk Live. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Who told you to go this way? You can't do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable me. here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Who do you think you Excuse are? me. There is no video or audio allowed in this. No, I have work today. This is... You ain't going to make it. Wait. Now, wait a minute. 
have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. Available now free in HD. See it now at victimlesscrimespree.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the third hour of the program. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we share with you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. More courtroom uh, observations I still have uh, to share with you, but of course we'll take your calls about whatever you want and with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And the wise janitor, Johnny Ray. We go to the phones and to the fun. Evan's listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Johnny Ray. Hey, Evan. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. Go Hello. ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, so you guys talk about Bitcoin a lot, which I, I totally love, but I was talking with my friend just a couple of days ago about the economics behind it, and one thing that came up is, is Bitcoin good money in a long-term free society? A man smarter than me said that basically in order for something to become money and how money evolved is it has to have a use value. So like gold, gold wasn't everyone in the community coming together and deciding, but you know, kings and women or whomever liked it for, for religious or, or psychic reasons, and then because of the use value, then you pyramid on top of that the exchange value. Or another example, contemporary, would be cigarettes in prison. It's not like the prisoners decided they needed money first. What happened first was people smoked, and they, re- and they realized that instead of you know, doing bartering for everything, like cigarettes are something that re- lasts a relatively long time. Right. The, the value uh, was there, and so therefore the currency Correct. evolved Correct. naturally. Correct. And you could even talk about things like fiat. The value of fiat today is that it prevents people from pointing guns in my state, right, the state. But if the state disappeared tomorrow, and there's historical examples where states disappear, does the fiat of the states, the, the exchange value tends to collapse, mm. right? If the use value is not there, then there's no more government agents that I have to be afraid of, so there's no more, there's no more need, the, the exchange value can't be, you know, be, be on the base of, of use value. And cigarettes in a prison, if you can imagine a prison that, that um, everyone spontaneously stops smoking, probably the value of the exchange value of cigarettes would, would, would depreciate very rapidly. Good so point. Bitcoin, like, it, it seems that there's no, there's no end demand for Bitcoin. It doesn't have to be everyone. Even with gold, even if only 2% of all gold is used for jewelry and electronics, at least it's there. And then the 98% of exchange value is supported by at least a, a non-zero amount of people who are using it for something other than exchange. So I'm wondering, Bitcoin in a free society... Almost ironically, does, does the value of Bitcoin depend on having the use value in that the existence of the state gives Bitcoin its use value because you can use it for transactions to avoid the state, you know, via Silk Road or wherever. And, and so let's say the state went away, you really wouldn't need to use Bitcoin to evade the state because it's not there. It's kind of a very specific, like... I don't think Bitcoin. most people are using Bitcoins to evade the state. Well, to evade, if not the state via Silk Road, to evade the state's aggression via inflation tax and stuff like that. I don't think that's, I mean, just speaking from pure speculation, I don't think the average Bitcoiner is using Bitcoins to avoid inflation or using Bitcoins to stick it to the state. 
I think they're using bitcoins. I mean, obviously, there are a bunch of different reasons, but because they're convenient, because uh, they work, and because they're something that's unique and different and exciting. I mean, I think we can ask each person, Johnny Ray, I mean, obviously, we're liberty-minded, so one of our reasons is going to be, yeah, we get to avoid the whole state uh, fiat currency system, and that's valuable to us. I'm, I'm, I'm buying Bitcoins almost wholly based on my fears of inflation of the dollar. <laughs> sure, but we're of that liberty mindset, and I don't know if the average Bitcoiner is necessarily even uh, even aware of those Bitcoins. Perks. Bitcoins are described as a cryptocurrency. They are they are secure. How many of the people on they're secure? That's important. Uh, how many of the people on Silk Road? You know, this might be an interesting question to just kind of ask in the Bitcoin communities out there. How many of the people on the Silk Road, which is a way that people can purchase black market products like drugs online and anonymously uh, with the Bitcoin, how many of them care about fiat? How many of them care about inflation? But, they don't. They just want to get I mean, some drugs. But similar, similar to cigarettes in prison, you could say that you and, and 99% of all other people you know, let's say we're on a prison together with all our friends or whatever, are, are using the cigarettes, and we don't, we don't really smoke. We don't, we don't have a use for the smoking. But at least there are some people out there that, that the ultimate demand, the ultimate non-exchange demand exists. There is some ultimate um, uh, use value for cigarettes. To sell at least one, per, one, if there's even one smoker in a prison, even if we don't even know him, it doesn't matter. As long as there's, there's some use demand, you know, so sure. So, I guess, so you know what I mean? So, so well, as Johnny Ray I'm pointed more, out, the the Bitcoin is secure, but it's also something that's uh, it's worldwide. So you don't have to deal with currency translations or transactions. Uh, you can send payments instantaneously, unlike gold and silver. And so it's a really useful currency outside of the fact that it helps you avoid inflation. It protects you know you against uh, the federal government raiding your account. Uh, these are all benefits that are appreciate, pre- appreciated by people of a liberty oriented mindset. But for people who are just looking for a convenient currency, it's that too. And if it weren't convenient, and it's less, it's more convenient now than it was in the beginning when the Bitcoin client was more clunky. It you know wasn't as easy to use. Uh, it's as it's become more convenient, its value will increase. As more people use it, it is also more valuable as well. And so I just don't – I don't feel like the average person concerns themselves with these uh, these matters. Of course, then again, the average person isn't into Bitcoin yet. But as far as the average Bitcoiner is concerned, I think that they're using it for different reasons. Furthermore, Evan, uh, one, one more thing, and this is not a complete refutation of what you were saying. Uh, wampum – was used as a currency by the colonists to trade with the Indians in the um, you know back in the old days. What is wampum? Wampum was uh, shells. Okay, uh, yeah. shells, sacred shell beads of the eastern woodlands tribes of the indigenous people of North America. So it had an ornamental value, but that's right. all. But I mean, the ornamental value was still non like. Everything yes, that involves is natural money has at least a value other than the, not, the, the pure exchange value. The ornamental value, use value for gold. Use, or, I mean, wampum is very similar to gold. They please their gods by, by owning shells, whereas ancient whomever, you know, Egyptians thought that their god wanted them to have gold or, you know, whatever, whatever the mystical reasons were for people being attracted to gold. But at least there was a non-exchange value there for at least some people. And again, I'm not trying to bash Bitcoin because technically, even if, and this isn't my argument. I'm kind of actually on the side of this. But even if the worst case scenario that the Bitcoin Bitcoin solely has value that's pyramided on the, the um, use value of, of avoiding the state, then it's a perfect hedge, especially for people who don't particularly like interacting with the state. Like that's a good problem to 
have. Oh my God, all my bitcoins are reduced to value to zero because there are no more states anymore, and I have no, I have no, there's no people out there. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't but see that happening. Even if it did, that's a great problem to have. Oh no, there's no more state. So Bitcoin's yeah, I, worthless. yeah, I get where you're coming from. But uh, it, you know, if anything, without the state, more people would probably use Bitcoin because, as you said, those other currencies would collapse, likely, or they pop. You know. I think I, I do tend to think it would be more uh, similar to Bitcoin technology, but it would ultimately be backed by, let's say, gold or something that had industrial value, like a rare industrial rare earth something. At least, so even if even if only one percent of people trading in these uh, electronic accounts backed by you know, I'm not telling you that's not possible. It certainly is. Uh, it certainly is possible, and maybe that's something that you could do: is create a uh, you know currency that is somehow electronic, but also backed by value or what you consider as value. I consider Bitcoin to be valuable for the reasons that we've we've specified here, because it's a brilliant currency that manages to avoid a lot of the pitfalls of the right. currencies that we've known up until this point. And Bitcoin wins because they did it first and they did it best. Right. Uh, you know, there are other competing currencies out there. I think Litecoin is is one of them. Uh, there are, I, I guess, a, a several uh, competing cryptocurrencies that are trying to take Bitcoin's crown. Maybe one of them will someday. Maybe Bitcoin will go down in value because a better electronic currency uh, comes along. Thankfully, Bitcoin is continually being developed. There's always new changes coming along to it. It's an open source project, so hopefully that won't won't occur. But you know, there's real value in being to market first with a unique proposition that the marketplace uh, finds useful, and that's Bitcoin. They made it. They did it, and uh, they're continuing right. to do it. And I don't see and, uh, it, that being a problem. And just so you don't think I'm too um, hostile towards Bitcoin, which I'm not, it's like the joke about if you're, if you're swimming in the ocean and there's a shark, you don't have to swim faster than the shark. You just have to swim faster than the people you're with. Then Bitcoin clearly, <laughs> even if it's not perfect money based on my, my you know, what I'm pointing out might, might be a potential flaw. It clearly is leaps and bounds ahead of fiat, and arguably possibly leaps ahead, leaps and bounds ahead of gold. Where, and the market—that's you know, see—it seems like the market agrees with you because you know you look at the price of the Bitcoin, over thirteen U.S. dollars per Bitcoin now, uh, as the most valuable currency in the world. That's the market saying, "Hey, this thing is valuable, and more so than anything else at this time." But of course, time does change things. Thanks for the call, Evan. Appreciate the call. We're coming up. Puke and the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Pukeandthegang.com. And cake. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of these airwaves and do it toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Johnny Ray. And don't forget, you can also get on the phones here at 855-450-FREE. was telling you in the last hour about uh, court today where I actually won a case. Happens every now and then, uh, and you'll never win a case if you take a plea deal. And that's kind of the the general overarching message of what we were talking about in the last hour, is that if people stop taking plea deals, 
then we can see the system change without actually having to uh, go through legislative processes. If there were enough people willing to refuse to pay a speeding ticket or a parking ticket or a cannabis ticket or whatever it is they've been hit with, then the state will be overloaded with cases. They won't be able to handle it all because right now what they're used to and this, uh, you know, these prosecutors in this in the case that I was in today, there wasn't a single real attorney on the state side all day long that I could tell. They had police prosecutors in there, police officers whose job it is to be glorified plea deal takers. They come in there as though they're a prosecutor and they appear to be, you know, the prosecutor in the case. But all they're really doing is offering plea deals to people. And that's most all what what went on today. There was a handful of folks that, you know, decided to go with not guilty and and good on them. Uh, Unfortunately, a couple of them were like simple assaults. So of all the people that there was like two simple assaults all morning long and most everybody else was alcohol, cannabis or driving related and almost all of them took a plea deal. And then, of course, they were issued multiple hundreds of dollar fines, the $434 for cannabis, which actually used to be 420 uh, but then they raised the fee a little bit, so it's no longer 420 uh, And so just case after case after case of people being issued hundreds and hundreds of dollar fines, and of course, most of them are poor. So you you never saw the prosecutor? I mean, it, you wouldn't have in your case anyway, but... Well, the, the, the state trooper who was there prosecuting people asked me to come out and talk to him of Uh course i brought my camera out with me and i said i'll be recording this and uh he said well do you want to talk to me and i'm like no we don't really have anything to talk about and then we he went back in so i mean he wanted to ask me if i he didn't actually come out and offer me a plea deal but normally that's that's what that's what happens there's i've been to that courthouse and when i was there uh when i was there i i talked to the prosecutor who was this this and this goes back to what we were talking about in the first hour about about people who work for the state and do bad things for the state who mm-hmm. who are not in and of themselves bad people. Right. This guy, he was from Roanoke, Virginia. I'm from Asheville, North Carolina. So we kind of yep. had sort of a uh, an amity between us and I really enjoyed talking to him. He had a rumpled suit and he was kind of kind of reminded me of Matlock a little bit. He was a little hmm. bit younger, of course. And um and that's all I got to say about so that. So you feel like he was the actual pro- like an actual attorney? Yes, he was. Because I didn't see any evidence that any of the people in the prosecutorial roles today in this courthouse were actual attorneys. Didn't see that. There was there was one guy who was a cop who was dressed in a suit, but you know when his suit kind of flashed open a little bit, you could see his badge on his belt. So he was not an attorney. And uh, anyway, they went after people as they normally do. And there was a couple of notable occurrences that uh, that happened in the courtroom. One of the side effects of charging a liberty activist up here from the Keene area with anything in any court is that when the activists show up, we bring don't take a plea deal flyers. Uh So we turn what is normally a somber court hearing where everyone's very quiet into a hearing where there's outreach going on. And I, you know, pulled out a stack of uh, plea deal flyers out in the lobby where people were waiting to go to court, handed them out. Probably about 75 percent of the people in the court lobby took them from me. And then I proceeded to hand – when I went into the courtroom, there was already some people in there. So I handed some out in the courtroom itself. And, uh, you know, that was cool. One guy actually saw me, you know, offering him – when I was offering it to him, he was like, oh, yeah, I definitely want one of those. He said I saw the title and immediately knew I wanted uh, wanted that. And that very same guy at about 
two and a half hours into the hearings, they took a recess. The judge left the room. And at that point, the clerk addressed this guy and said, Mr. So-and-so, uh, you know, you just need to pay the $75. Uh, and he said, well, or she said, like, like I told you before, you just need to pay the $75 at the window. You don't need to be here. And he said, you didn't tell me that before. So the dude was just sitting there for two hour, over two hours for no reason whatsoever. Uh-huh. And anyway, as he was leaving the courtroom, he took a moment to stop and uh, shake my hand. And he said something to the effect of that he really appreciates the work that we're doing. Yeah. With the Don't Take the Plea Deal outreach. Because we're opening people's minds to new ideas, things they don't normally consider. And they don't want you to consider these ideas because they're very dangerous to the state. Yeah, when I was prosecuted for drinking a Budweiser in Central Square, after my trial, the police officer who was testifying against me, he shook my hand. It was beautiful. Hmm. I loved it. What did he say to you? I don't remember. It was, some, it was something positive, though, presumably, was shaking your hand. Yep. This guy wasn't a cop. He was just one of the uh, the audience members, one of the people that was being abused by the state. Most people were pretty friendly uh, towards us uh, that were in there. One of the court officers, actually, one of the security officers, actually asked for a copy of the, the flyer uh, so he could check it out. He said he was interested in learning more. I had a cop take one from me uh, as well while I was in there. And I, I consider those you know good things. You know, Get the information into their hands, too. Let them know. What's going on here? Uh, but at one point, that same court security officer asked me to not hand them out in the courtroom. And I said, well, you can ask. <laughs> at that point, I had already finished. I didn't have any more to hand out in the courtroom. I'd already done that. Uh, but they love to tell you things to do. They love to tell you little things to, to try to control you. So like I had my camera and my tripod and I had put it like I was sitting on the outer edge of one of the pews near the aisle and I had st- stood the tripod and the camera uh, on the side of the pew that was in front of me. And he, he uh, asked me to move that in front of me instead of like on the side of the pew because people could trip over it or something like that. And I told him, I'll move it here in front of my bag on the side of my pew. And you know, so I didn't actually move it exactly where he wanted me to move it. But he just wanted to tell me to do something. They just, they're into doing that sort uh-huh. of thing. So there was those interactions, um, generally positive response from people, and I think I've pretty much told the whole story at this point. And I have a question uh, online from Hootsuite, or from Facebook specifically, Trevor Willis, uh, says, Today is my lucky day. Jury duty. Jury nullification? How should I go about this, Ian? I can't call in because I'm at work. So he's gotten a notice. Uh, you know, they're telling him that he's got to show up. You have been selected as a potential juror. We were talking about the draft earlier tonight. Well, guess what? The draft is still here. It's still with us. It's just uh, a draft for jury duty. It's not as life-threatening as uh, as a draft for the military, but it is a draft. You are plucked away from your life. You are told that if you don't show up at this time, at this place, and do as we say, then we could hurt you. And they can. They have, you know, gone after people for not showing up for jury duty before. So that jury duty notice comes with an implicit threat as well. And you can't the chat you can't just go in and and easily sabotage the whole thing. If if you hang the jury, they'll they they're well able to retry it. Let's talk about what you can do or what you could possibly do in the case of being called into jury duty. More coming up. You take control at eight five five four fifty free. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Mark of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the economic engine that powers our country. With a printing press tethered to Washington bureaucrats and New York central bankers, how can we trust paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, or go to gold.freetalklive.com. Again, 877 357 9938. 877 357 9938. Free Talk Live, toll free number tonight for you to bring us anything you want. 855 453, the SACL CAI toll free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. So enjoy those with you tonight. It's Ian. And Johnny Ray. And those website features include our archives. So if you've missed a moment of Free Talk Live, don't you worry about that. They're all there for you. Almost all of them. And going back for years, you can get free archives all over at freetalklive.com. Last seven days' worth are easy to access right at the top of the website. If you want to go back further than that, it's no problem. Just click over into the archive section, and you will have access to years' worth of the show. Plus, on our SoundCloud page, you can not only get those years' worth of Free Talk Live, but you can also get access to the Edgington Post, which is something that Mark does uh, in his free time, where he does an interview series with various different interesting personalities. I hate going to a website. I'm looking for a, for a podcast on something that interests me, and I have to to and I can't just get the MP3. I have to I have to subscribe to iTunes or something. Oh yeah, to get no, it. you can totally just get the MP3 through our site. That's no problem. I mean, you can subscribe through iTunes as well if you want to subscribe to the podcast. But yeah, d- direct download is not a problem over at freetalklive.com. Uh, you can click into our SoundCloud page by going to soundcloud.freetalklive.com or on the left-hand side of freetalklive.com. It's under Listen and Share. Just look for the SoundCloud link there. And when you're on SoundCloud, every one of our episodes has a share button on them which makes it easy for you to hit share and then click and share it on Facebook, Twitter, a variety of other social networking, bookmarking websites. All of it, of course, is free, as a good talk show website should be, at freetalklive.com. Hey, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. Your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime is to get together with others who think like you do, people that love Freedom and who are willing to do something about it, like we've been talking about, you know, taking a, a simple traffic ticket to court, clogging the system. And in the case of my case today, winning because uh, the case was dismissed. i got to put win in quotes because I still spent hours of my time to get that win. But the point is, putting the effort in resulted in the case being dismissed down the line. That doesn't always happen. Most of the time you're going to lose. But you lose anyway when you take the plea deal. So why not make the state go through a bunch of, you know, hoops? Make them earn that win. Make them spend more money on your case than they would get in the fee or the fine if you actually paid the fine. Which, of course, if I actually had gone to trial and had been found guilty, I would have refused to pay the fine. Now, I could possibly pay. I would have offered maybe to pay the fine to a local charity. I got no problem doing that because I would normally do that anyway. Uh, it's that time of year. It's the holiday season. Good time to cut a check to a charity. Alternately, uh, you can sit it off. And if you're in New Hampshire, you can sit it off in uh, the fine, fifty bucks a day in jail. So I can just go and sit in jail for a few days, take a little vacation, and then uh, pay the fine that way. Or you can do community service. So I will not pay money to the state, and I let them know that. And if enough people start doing that, they're going to have a real tough time enforcing stupid stuff like. 
you know, speeding tickets and cannabis and alcohol violations. Yeah, Free State Project. I feel like we're in we're we're in a real unique position in uh, human history. The the kind of freedom that I want, I think, is inevitable. So- I agree. Socialism is such a it's a it's a pretty thoroughly discredited idea. Um, I don't think it's going to last. But we we're in a time where if we I feel like if we work for it, we can have we can have that for ourselves and not just not just imagine it for generations ahead of us. Well, that's one of the things that liberty minded folks have been great at is imagining and talking about their ideas. But the doing has been lacking and it's hard to do when you don't have people around with which you can do things. So having the people makes doing more possible. I was just at a cop block meeting tonight. You were there too, to some extent. You kind of were sleepy though. Um, and we were, but actually, I don't think you were there for the meeting. You were just on the couch when we showed up. But uh, we were talking about various different uh, projects that you know are outreach related, reaching out to uh, college students, doing cop blocking on the streets, having a know your rights uh, presentation, coming up with new outreach materials, doing Robin Hooding, which means saving people from getting parking tickets, and so we've got all kinds of irons in the fire, things that are that are happening, and this never would have been possible where I'm from in Sarasota, Florida, just wouldn't have been possible, and nor would it have been worthwhile. Had I had the same amount of people interested in doing real activism down there, and I didn't, but had I had that number of people, the same number that we have here, our impact would have been less. We would not have been able to make as much of a difference because numbers matter. Uh So go to freestateproject.org. You can't do it soon enough. Freestateproject.org. The sooner we can get as many people to New Hampshire as possible who love liberty and who are willing to work towards more of it, the more effective we'll all be at this project. And I think that eventually the effectiveness will increase as the status become more frustrated. Because the more liberty-minded people move here, the more active the liberty-minded people get, the more fruitless the efforts of the status will be, the more frustrated they will become. And eventually the status will just decide, we'll go to New York. Let's get out of here. Let, you know, there's, there's no future for controlling others here. There's too many people moving in that are too active. We can't have the same effect that we used to. People are just taking tickets, parking tickets to trial. The whole system's coming down around us. Amen. I can see that happening. Can't you? I mean, if you were a statist, would you want to deal with this stuff? Certainly not. I mean, if you were a prosecutor, would you actually want to have to prosecute a case? I mean, when you're used to just taking plea deals all day long, day in and day out... You haven't prosecuted a case in months. All of a sudden, these liberty people come in and start taking parking tickets to trial? Nobody wants to work for their money. Certainly not government bureaucrats when they can get paid for not having to work and just do plea deals. So it's going to get more frustrating for them. We're already having amazing wins politically, civil disobedience-wise, media outreach. I mean, there's just so much to do here, and we're just barely getting started. Take your time. Go to freestateproject.org. Learn more. And come out to the Liberty Forum. It's happening in February, late uh, February the 21st through the 24th. And I am looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite events every single year. I've never been. I hope you can uh, afford to get out to it, Johnny Ray, because it's a lot of fun. And I consider it a very affordable event. There was somebody on the phone with us last night, Doug, uh, who has been to Porkfest, but has never been to the Liberty Forum. And he was talking about maybe not being able to afford it. Now, look, go to the Free State Project's website. Post on the forum there and ask for a roommate at the ask for roommates at the Liberty Forum. You can share a room with you know three other people comfortably and split that cost of the hotel room by fourths. 
and then also split the cost. You know, the the actual attending the forum is not that expensive either. You can get a ticket for like a hundred bucks. Where's it going to be? At the Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel. Okay. It's a it's a pretty fancy hotel. Like the rooms are nice. It's a nice hotel, um, and it, it's not going to cost you a lot because hotel rooms in New Hampshire during the winter time don't exactly cost very much. Makes sense. Not the best tourist time of the year. So, uh, again, go to freestateproject.org. You can go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum to learn more about that event in particular. And from what I understand, some new announcements are coming soon as far as speech uh, speeches. Jeffrey Tucker is going to be there, by the way. He's one of the, the speakers. I believe Tom Woods, I think, is the uh, the keynote Tom Woods. Address. Shoot. Tom Woods would be a big draw. Yeah. So Peter Schiff was in last year. That's that's what I really wanted. Was. To, I really wanted to see Peter Schiff. So they usually have big names, you know, Liberty in the Liberty community for people to come and see. But for me, the reason to go is to well, obviously we're going to do the show there. We're going to be live, but also to just to connect with people and to meet people who are maybe considering a move to New Hampshire. It's a great event to come to to feel to get a vibe for what it's like to be around hundreds of other people. Who think like you do. So again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We're talking about jury nullification. Uh, One of our listeners, Trevor on Facebook, Trevor Willis, he says, you know, what should he do? He's got this notice saying that he's got to go to court, that he's been called for jury duty. And this is something that a liberty-minded person should relish. A lot of people, when they hear about jury duty, they don't want to do it. They want to come up with a reason why they can't be there. Oh, I've got to work. Oh, I've got something else, you know. Something else is on my schedule. I can't come to this. And I understand. I mean, who really wants to go to jury duty? You don't get paid very much. And you have to blow an entire day's worth of your time, maybe even more than that, depending on how long the trial lasts. It could be it could be weeks. Yeah, your average trial probably didn't last that long, but it's inconvenient. But it's an opportunity to save somebody. And that's how you should really approach this. Get some more suggestions as to how to handle jury duty as a liberty-oriented person, somebody who is coming in with the intention to do the right thing. 855-450-FREE. You can also share with us your experiences with jury duty if you would like, or bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone. 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. We talk live, toll-free number here for you, 855-450-FREE. Precious moments remain, just enough time for you and your thoughts if you call in right now. You can bring up anything, doesn't have to be about jury duty, that is the topic at hand at the moment, 855-450-FREE. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Johnny Ray. And uh, so, Johnny Ray, what's your story with jury duty? Did you Have you ever sat on a jury? No, I have not. I haven't either, uh, and it's not for lack of trying. I had been uh, summoned... Back when I was in Florida, I've not been summoned in New Hampshire, and I certainly wouldn't make it on a jury here because they know who I am, uh-huh. and uh, they they would kick me off in a heartbeat if I ever got the summons in the first place. I'm not registered to vote in New Hampshire. Are you registered to drive? Yes. You could be summoned. In New Hampshire, they pull from both locations, from Word. what I understand. Uh, so, 
we've got an, uh, a message here on Facebook from a listener. He's got a notice about jury duty. He's wondering, what does he do? Well, first of all, this isn't legal advice. I'm not an attorney. But I do know a little bit about jury selection processes. And they're all different in every state. Uh, even from courthouse to courthouse, they may differ slightly. Uh, basically, you're going to go in there. You're going to go in with a group of uh, – it depends on the size of the county and the size of the, the region or whatever. But you're going to go in with probably dozens, if not over 100 other uh, human beings who have also been summoned. And they will give you a form of some sort, some kind of a questionnaire. And I have observed these questionnaires. I, I, I filled one out when I was in Florida. And when I was in a criminal case here as a defendant, I got to look at the questionnaires because the defendant or the attorney for the defendant gets to examine these if they like. So your answers are not private on these forms. Anyway, the forms will proceed to ask you questions regarding your name, your address, how long you've lived at that address, what it is, you know, what groups you might belong to. As far as memberships are concerned, and these are ways for the court personnel to get some idea of who you are and get some clue uh, for the attorneys to know who they want and who they don't want on a jury. Uh-huh. Uh, some of the other questions that are in, uh, that are asked are regarding, you know, whether or not you might have a relative who's in law enforcement, or you know, are you in law enforcement? Do you work for? Do you know someone who works for? Law enforcement. This is a relevant question because it, you could be biased uh, towards law enforcement in that uh, in that way. Those are one of the, kind of one of the standard questions up here. It's probably pretty standard across the country. But again, I don't you know I can't say for sure what's on your local jury form. The Fully Informed Jury Association is a great resource for this process. You can go to fija.org, F-I-J-A, FIJA, Fully Informed Jury Association dot org. They will tell you more about uh, the jury selection process and how to conceal your beliefs without being dishonest because the idea is if you love liberty you don't want the court to know that you don't want them to realize that you are a threat to the system and they you know you don't want them to figure out to get you off that jury you want to be able to get on the jury unlike the average person who comes to court they don't want to get on a jury most of them they want to go home but we want to get on the jury and the reason is because the juries, in a lot of cases, are ca- are uh, cases that involve no victim, frequently drug cases, for instance. And there is that possibility you may be on some kind of a victim case where maybe there's a murder and you're actually dealing with a real criminal, in which case I would not recommend you use jury nullification in that case. But if you're on the case of someone who is an innocent person who's never harmed another human being, if, you're, if the person's accused of selling drugs or possessing drugs or whatever, some sort of cr- non-crime... If you think the law itself is bad, you have the right to acquit. You have the right to vote not guilty based on your own conscience, based on what you think about the law. It doesn't matter what the judge tells you. And they'll tell you all kinds of things. They'll tell you that, Johnny Ray, you're going to have to vote as the law says. You're going to have to apply the law and the facts as they've been presented in this case and determine whether or not the law was violated. And that's what they tell people, but it's not the whole truth. Yeah, you can judge the facts in the case. Yeah, sure, you can do that. But if you think the law itself is crap, you can just ignore all the facts. If you think, as I do, that the drug war is a terrible scourge against humanity, and you're sitting on the case of somebody who is accused of selling cannabis, and they caught him red-handed with 20 pounds of it, and so all the evidence is there, by the law, he's guilty— 
but he didn't hurt anybody. He just sold some pot. And if you're like me and you want to see the end to the war on drugs, you can end the war right there for that guy and you can come back with a not guilty. And if you're able to convince the rest of the jury to do the same thing, then that guy won't ever be tried again on that charge. If you get a hung jury, there's a chance they'll try him again, but at least you've hung the jury, and at least at that point, there's a chance they won't try him a second time. If juries keep hanging, at some point, they're going to give up. So one person on a jury can prevent someone from going to a cage. You have that level of power over another human's life. You can use that for good as a juror. That's a huge opportunity. So why would anyone who cares about freedom want to go home? Why would anyone want to not spend their time on a jury like that? But how do you get on? How do you get past the screening process? Well, a fully informed jury association recommends that you quit the organizations to which you belong. Uh-huh. Because they'll ask you the question of what organizations do you belong to on the, uh, the, the questionnaire. And if you have quit all the organizations, then you're not perjuring yourself by leaving it blank. Or only, leave, you know, only uh, mentioning you know, the homeless shelter or something like that. You know, something that's community-oriented that you're involved in. Uh-huh. So you know, if you're worried about perjuring yourself, and that's a, a legitimate concern, uh, then that's one way that you can do it. You can just kind of quit the organizations that you're a part of. Or you could just say you forgot. I don't recall. Or just, you know, only list the ones that are not offensive. I don't think you're under an obligation to list all of them. It's probably something, there's probably some statement at the bottom of the form like, I've filled this out to the best of my ability. You you could probably use the I don't recall line, like politicians and cops like to do when they're on the stand. I don't recall. What organizations of which are uh, are you a member? I don't recall. And that could be a true statement. You may not recall. You may have a haze that surrounds the memory of the organizations that you're a member of while you're in a courtroom. It can be a very confusing place to be in a courtroom. You know, there's a lot of scary things that go on there. I can't blame anybody for not remembering details like that. So, you know, you figure out how to handle that. But if you want to get on a jury, they can't know what your political beliefs are. They can't just dismiss you. Uh, out of hand because they do have these peremptory challenges when you're uh, selecting a jury during the voir dire process each attorney each side has the ability to just throw somebody out so if i don't like the way you look johnny ray i can throw you off my jury if i don't like uh the the, sensible if i don't like somebody's job i can throw them off jury like when i was in my trial um one of the jurors was the it director for the city of Keene. see you later uh huh. So she didn't get on. And anybody that uh, was like a teacher, I don't want them on my jury either. Anybody working for the state, don't want to, I don't want them on my juries. But uh, of course, the prosecutor gets to do the same thing. So if the prosecutor sees that somebody's on the jury who's, you know, works for Free Talk Live or whatever, you know, some obviously liberty oriented thing that they don't want to get on the jury, you'd be kicked off. So you have to be careful with how you fill those forms out. You don't want to perjure yourself, but at the same time, you don't want to let it be known what your beliefs are. Once you can get past that process, you're pretty much good to go. Now, let me jump in here for a second, Ian. If you go to, what was the name of the uh, individual asking this question? Trevor. Trevor. Trevor or anybody else interested in this topic, if you go to freekeen.com, go to the search box and look up, I think I looked up Rastafarian, let's see, filed under Issues, National New Hampshire News Update, Victimless Crimes. 
Yeah, I looked up Rastafarian, Rastafarian, and I found the story from when the Rastafarian was let. He he won his case. His case was dismissed. He was found not guilty by a jury. A Free State Project participant was on the jury, and that will give you a link to that show where Mm -hmm. she called in and explained everything. It's a great interview. She really got into detail about how that process worked and how she was able to swing that jury to not guilty. Yep, and um, and there's a written statement from her also at freeteam.com. And she's she's an early mover for the Free State Project. Her name's Kathleen. Really nice lady. One of the earliest movers, actually. And she's an older lady, too. A lot of Free State Project participants are kind of in their you know, 20s, 30s, and 40s. She's a little bit older, I think, maybe early 50s. And uh, so she, you know, she got right onto that jury. I mean, she had that that jury look uh-huh. uh, to her. She didn't look. She doesn't look like an activist. You know, she doesn't have any kind of criminal history or anything like that uh, that would get somebody like me flagged. And that's why uh, we're right back around to the Free State Project and why it's so important to have numbers. If you've got enough activists in any given area, there's a good chance somebody's going to get on a jury. And that means that somebody could have their life saved by not having to go to prison for seven years for, in this guy's case, growing some cannabis plants. So go to Fija.org to learn more, F-I-J-A.org. Great website, great organization. Johnny Ray, thanks for coming in tonight. It was uh, my pleasure. We'll see you tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Is there anybody you've forgotten on your Christmas list this year? How about ones that you you won't see this holiday season? Are there friends or family that live far away? Do you know there's an easy and simple way to show them you're thinking of them this holiday season? You can send them a bouquet from proflowers.com. Right now, we've got a special of the Free Talk Live special on proflowers. is a, a beautiful arrangement of a dozen candy cane roses. So they're Red and white roses with some uh, baby's breath in them, and they come in their own uh, beautiful vase. And you can send them you know, to anybody on your list who uh, needs some flowers. I'm sure that uh, you know mothers and sisters and aunts, those folks would uh, really love it. Girlfriends certainly would love the candy cane roses. Um, use coupon code FTL to get... Uh, the, this great deal. It's twenty four ninety nine, and you'll get a you get quite a bit off of the the regular retail price with coupon code FTL at proflowers dot com, and you can upgrade to eighteen candy cane roses in a you know bigger arrangement with gourmet chocolates for just ten bucks more. It's uh it, it's really stunning um, with them all together. Pro flowers are guaranteed to stay fresh for a full week. They're not the kind of flowers that are just going to show up and you know start turning yellow immediately. Um, you get your money back if it's uh, if, if that doesn't work out for you. So go to proflowers.com or call eight hundred P R O flowers and mention FTL. When you go to proflowers.com, you look up in the right hand corner. There's a microphone, um, and you just type in FTL there. It's proflowers.com. Click on the microphone, type in FTL, and the order expires on midnight on Friday. Christmas is just a few days away, so go to proflowers.com. Use coupon code FTL or call eight hundred P R O flowers and mention FTL.